0: Are we still doing the same intro? Are we doing an intro even? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the just don't answer we, that. We, we, <laughs> we said we were gonna do everything differently from now on, and now we're kind of gonna be doing things very similarly. So uh, to what we used to do this time around, but I guess with less structure, right? whatever
1: welcome to serially hooked star wars we're not talking about star wars today i'm rashad and me is chris and i completely forgot what we used to do
0: (laughs) (laughs) wow serially hooked star wars huh yeah exactly we're gonna
1: talk about everything not star wars today i believe um we're your hookers chris and rashad and today i'm gonna be talking about shows that i love chris is here for the ride we're gonna catch up you're gonna listen and that's about it how does that sound to you, Chris? Yeah, sounds amazing. Amazing. Okay, so just how's it been this past month? It's been a while since we talked.
0: Yeah, it's been hectic. It's been hectic. You know, uh, finding a new flat—it's very stressful, especially in Berlin. But I've, I've been successful and uh yeah very happy to uh say that i will be moving in two weeks and it's going to be very interesting a new place a new neighborhood as well which always feels like you're moving to a different city uh yeah you did it Uh, yeah i i did it i absolutely did it
1: Congratulations. Is it a new neighborhood of like you said it's a new neighborhood but like how is it feeling? Like what's it like? You don't have to say the exact neighborhood because we have so many listeners
0: they're going to stalk you. <laughs> exactly. Um so no, I haven't done it yet but it's going to happen in 2 weeks. Uh but I know the neighborhood quite well. It's close to where my partner lives also, which is always nice. Um and yes. You know, it's, it's going. I'm curious to see because last time I moved, it was like a kilometer. It literally took an hour and a half, except, you know, obviously all the preparation time not included, but mm, looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting to live in a new space, going to finally be living by myself. Whoa, wait, completely by yourself? You're not going to be living with <laughs> anyone? Yes. Wow. That's a first, right? Yeah. Must be it's a first and i'm very uh much looking forward to it i had kind of so i wanted to make things easier for myself by not looking for just a flat but for a flat share but turns out it has gotten quite difficult to find that even in this stupid fucking expensive town so what's so difficult about finding a flat like a flat share in berlin Oh, everybody! Want everybody wants you to pay exorbitant amount of money, or want to? have you need to basically proof, uh, give proof of everything, including like I don't know. Sometimes it feels like you would have to sign over your firstborn, which I would be gladly willing to do. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, but um, even for like living somewhere for two months people want to know all of this financial information and it's the thing is in germany you there is this thing called Schufa, which is like an abbreviation for something i don't know but it's basically that it's a private company that you have to consent to to that they collect all the financial data that they can about you so they will um then kind of see, okay, how trustworthy are you? And that is literally the only way to get a flat uh, in Germany, especially in uh, bigger cities. And I want—I haven't done that yet. It will not uh, surprise you because I think they're really shady. Yeah. And um, they will be forced to change a few things, but probably not, like legally speaking, because there was a like a court decided that they can't do things that way anymore. But, you know, the bureaucracy will have to catch up with that. And, um, yeah. So, I tried to avoid that. And, like, yeah, for two months, like, just living in someone else's place for two months, people wanted, like, that thing where it's basically all of your financial information. Just uh, for two months? For t- right? It's ridiculous.
1: What the hell? You and, could pay uh, that
0: up front, and who cares? It's just like, what does it matter? <laughs> exactly exactly right and uh you know you know you do a contract you pay things up front it's all good um i just yeah i don't know and it's berlin i was talking to my hairdresser the other day who's been living in berlin for 20 years and he said he used to live in the central part of of the city for like 300 bucks a month and i was like yeah we, we both just started weeping thinking about that
1: <laughs> but then how is it like now uh was it any different looking for your own flat
0: i mean it just i only looked for flat shares and then it just so happened that a friend uh, of my partner's is moving apartments but uh he still has the lease for this one for like professional reasons honestly um because he might need a second space uh, he, he was thinking but it turns out he probably won't but then he will still have the lease and so i will just live there for a few months until the summer comes probably
1: Got it. So it's, it's sort of a temporary thing while you look for something relatively more permanent, but, and you're going to be subletting from um, your friend's friend or your partner's friend.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, maybe I can take over the apartment, but who knows? Um, also, you know, my flatmate, uh, the reason I'm moving out is that my flatmate wanted to live by herself, which I totally get. You know, I'm <laughs> happy about living by myself as well. And she had been looking for the better part of a year and had, like, she went to multiple, like, house uh visits or like apartment visits like uh, a week for months and didn't get any and that was very detrimental to her mental health so she just stopped and gave up and then now she's taking over the flat of a friend also which is literally the only way to find an apartment in the city is like you got to be lucky slash you need to know someone
1: wow that sounds crazy
0: yeah it is
1: crazy. I mean, it's the consequences it of people so going to Berlin for the past like 10, 15 years just
0: like en masse. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like gentrification and it's not It's not like I'm not part of the problem, right? But uh, uh, that's just how it is. Um, but yeah, the location is amazing. I had three, three important things I wanted. I wanted to live not that far away from a partner, not too far away from my work and close to a big park because I realized last year that going on extended walks is really great um yeah. because you know my partner has a dog so we go dog walking a lot and that's just amazing and um that apartment takes all three boxes so i'm very glad about that which i i was i was happy at some point to just have one of those boxes ticked and now it's all three and i'm living by myself and it's all i ever wanted so yeah it's crazy how that worked out
1: I really hope you can keep the lease and keep the apartment. And that just sounds amazing if you can just stay.
0: Thanks. How is your living situation? You moved continents again. I mean, no, we talked last time I was already in Japan. Ah, damn And I was already (laughs) in my new flat. It's
1: fine. Honestly, no one can keep track of where I am. I can barely know sometimes. Every conversation I talk about, I'm just like, what? Where am I? (laughs) Mm. But, you know, it's all good. Same old, same old. (laughs) Moving to a new place for a few months and then moving on somewhere else, maybe.
0: You know last you know. life yeah at some point i want to go to japan and maybe we can figure it out in such a way that i will be there when you'll be there but uh regardless we'll see each other this year which makes me very excited
1: yeah we're gonna see each other in october i believe right Hmm. right yeah that sounds good and then um maybe i'll come by berlin as well in the summer so that'd be fun well maybe not because Amazing. i'll be prepping for my uh dissertation submission this summer so um <laughs> maybe you won't see me before <laughs> september yeah i will be in the library 24 <laughs> mm-hmm, 7 <laughs> But yeah. yeah, everything's good on this yeah. end. Um but actually I had a couple of questions about the flat. I'm so sorry. Okay. Give us a picture. Oh, no, no of what worries. is it like? Like so can you like describe the place? I know this is an audio medium. Um <laughs> like yeah. I'd love to kind of get a sense of what it's
0: like. Uh I mean, I haven't been there yet. I have seen pictures. Um it's a one room apartment. Uh it has a lovely little kitchen which is obviously important. I mean, you will probably agree uh the most important room in the house um the bathroom looks fine uh the and yeah the room itself um i will take over my, most of the furniture which works out really well because i'm also selling most of my furniture uh which is a whole nother topic but um you know uh, I'm, I'm glad I, apparently there's not much, you know, daylight coming in, but it's also February in Berlin, so there's not much light anyway, <laughs> so I'm not really missing out and if the weather's good, I will not be inside anyway, so yeah. that's fine by me. Is it top floor? I think it's first floor, so f- European first floor, I think in the Got US you call the, the, the ground floor the first floor or something like that, right? Yeah, so US Is second floor... Th- <laughs> um a german
1: sec uh, first floor yeah
0: yeah exactly oh that's Which good because i think I'm that like that. on
1: the top you don't want to be on the top floor that's something i've learned in germany <laughs> living on the top floor just like this is an absolute nightmare in summer
0: yeah um i'll be curious my partner lives on a top floor apartment and it's actually it's been it's been interesting because um she lives like close to one of the major streets in her neighborhood and it was really funny a few months ago when the berlin marathon was happening because they were running on that street and so i was oh. on the balcony she has like a little balcony and i could see like the runners um coming by and it was really funny just also to see everyone else like just it was a kind of a fun experience to see everyone to watch everyone watching the runners that must have been really cool uh, people watching yeah for sure it was it was kind of fun to see you know because i i was uh woken up by some sort of like um weird like not weird but just like music playing and it was like really loudly and i was like what the fuck is this why is this happening at like 8 30 in the morning um and it's yeah because that whole thing started and i was like and then like so slowly people started trickling to the street but also people who lived there also just stayed on the balconies so that was a lot of fun but definitely it's prime people watching
1: oh that's incredible wow it
0: must be really cool i'm, v- I'm, I'm excited for
1: you um mm-hmm. and good luck moving in the place in a couple of weeks next time we talk hopefully it'll be from your new apartment and it that's gonna be. be so exciting I know, right? Oh, important <sighs> question. I'm looking. Forward. Is the mm-hmm. hob's in the new kitchen gas?
0: I will, I will, I will tell you tomorrow via text because tomorrow I'll be looking at the apartment. Uh, my my phone is not with me currently. Otherwise, I could probably tell you. Uh, but uh, I I certainly hope so because that would also be a dream come true. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll figure it out
1: my war against ih continues or induction heating continues <laughs> yesterday yes. this you know yesterday i was making a steak and mm-hmm. you make steak you're supposed to sear it and leave it don't touch it right mm-hmm. so i decided to do that and for some godforsaken reason the thing just turns off and i'm just what? like i I don't know i don't know how it works i know how fire works fire you turn on it doesn't turn off unless you want it to (laughs) this electronic stuff is so confusing so it just turned off and obviously the sear on that side of the steak was just completely ruined because all of a sudden the pan got cold and i don't notice because Mm -hmm. i'm not messing around with the steak so i turn around it's cold i'm just like uh yeah so my war continues against this (sighs) monstrosity of a cooking surface
0: Yeah, it was really funny because uh, when we moved into our new office at work, we were really happy that we got like a proper kitchen with a stove. And at some point, someone was um, mentioning, oh man, today I'd really feel like a fried egg, you know. And then sometimes, you know, some of our colleagues just go to like a supermarket and uh, buy stuff for their um, lunch. And then one of them actually bought like one of these shitty little pans from a, that you can get in a supermarket with some eggs I was like here you go we have a stove you can use it and then of course like everybody was like very excited and it was really lovely until we realized that that uh, pan didn't work with uh, induction heating so uh, you know it was so such a bummer but here we are you know it, it's the intricacies of modern life
1: yeah and a couple days ago I was making a stir fry and it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. I mean, not as bad because at least the induction gets hot, but like you need to like lift up the pan to toss the stir fry to make it like all nice and even. And, da, 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 yeah. da, and every time you take it off, it just decides to be like, this is not hot anymore. And immediately. Well, the thing is it's because it's, like this kind of induction is heated basically like only upon contact. So the air mm-hmm. above it is not actually hot. So as soon as you lift the pan up or aside, it's it's like it's not hot anymore, right? So then once you put the pan back <sighs> down, it then turns it on. So like you have to change a lot of the cooking method. So it's not even your just standard electric. It's the which is has its own problems. Um, this yeah. this induction madness is yeah it's. Uh, it's fine i'm dealing with it i've been cooking a lot still it's okay we're good life's fine
0: um (laughs) the world is not ending (laughs) it's just gotten a little bit worse yeah Uh, (laughs) anything exciting you've been uh, cooking or eating
1: lately no, not really. I mean, I had this I had I treated myself to a nice steak dinner yesterday. I had I went to the mm-hmm. grocery store. And as I was standing in like the meat section, just like perusing, um, the butcher comes out with like fresh, quote unquote, fresh 50% off labeled <laughs> steaks. So I'm just like, I'm Amazing. gonna take one of those, please. Um, <laughs> so that was a nice little surprise for myself yesterday. The day before yesterday was, like, a very strange food day. Um, So I played tennis, came back home, so I had a late breakfast. And I normally cook something small for breakfast, but I was, like, really hungry. So I went to the grocery store on the way. So I picked up some sushi, picked up some rice balls, picked up some um, roasted uh, sweet potato, and just, like, stuffed myself full of mostly carbs (laughs) for breakfast. (laughs) So I was quite full. And I was working in a Starbucks for... um, for for just like working because the library library is closed because of the entrance exam at the university i'm here and in tokyo but that's Mm -hmm. not important detail i was working in the the starbucks and i didn't want to have a cake for lunch at like one o'clock when i was working so it wasn't until like five that i actually got to have lunch so i was really hungry obviously so i made myself like a little like um mushroom steak kind of thing um with like miso salmon and rice delicious it was so good but then I felt myself getting hungry. A couple hours later, mm. I'm just like, oh no, I'm still hungry. God damn it, what do I do now? So I had some, so then turned to meal number two in the evening. I, um, I was like, okay, I have some curry in the fridge, some lentil spinach curry that I made the other day. So it's like leftovers. Let me just chow down on, rest, on the rest of the leftovers with like this uh, paratha that I had in the freezer that I was going to heat up. So I made that to myself mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, this is good. Now I'm going to be full for the rest of the evening. Fast forward to 10.30 at night, I'm starving again. I'm just like, what in the world is wrong (sighs) with me today? I don't know. Um, so I was like, I was sitting in my, in my room, just debating, what do I do? What do I do? Just have a protein shake. That'll fill me up. Maybe it won't. Do I want to actually just indulge? What am I really craving? Like, I don't really want a protein shake. (laughs) So in the end, I opened my fridge. I don't really have much left, but I do have leftover rice and I do have kimchi and I do have eggs and I'm like, all right, kimchi fried rice. Here it is. So (laughs) that was meal three of the evening. So it was a very like, um, interesting evening in the sense that i just made a bunch of random food uh but in the end it
0: was good everything turned out well so <laughs> how did you feel like uh, the next morning felt phenomenal amazing i don't That's know what great. i had the next That's day probably
1: just like porridge or something Oh, yeah, why okay. I had porridge was because my after this day of eating everything, I basically had an empty fridge. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's also something I'm looking forward to, just having a fridge for myself. Oh, so nice. I mean, it's not like there was ever any issue with my flatmate, but it's just I have so much space. Oh amazing what are you gonna do with it that sounds incredible (laughs) i know i will just have so much stuff i will have all the foods um my flatmate regularly always poking fun at me because i always say oh i have nothing to eat here and i have like literally i bought an extra cabinet like last year so i would have more storage (laughs) space it's just about fresh food right like fresh ingredients not just like things that you can just easily store Mm but it's also going to be interesting the next 2 weeks until i move to see where because i'm also going to be dog sitting at my uh partner's apartment to uh and like okay so to and then probably when i'm back like at my current apartment the fridge and possibly the stove will be gone so it's like how do i like how am i going to deal with that and it's going to be an interesting two weeks for sure but i'm looking forward to you know cooking in the new kitchen
1: for that week i suggest two things falafel and pizza Oh, my God. It's like you can read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, what's your uh, ideal, like, frequency of going to the supermarket?
0: Do you like to stock up on a bunch of things or what? I mean, I would... the Okay, the ideal is obviously, like, once a week. But usually it's, like, two times a week for, like, certain things. Like um but it also depends because you know if i'm if uh if i'm whether i'm at home or somewhere else uh it that always depends on how that goes but um you know if i can just like go once and have everything in a full fridge with everything that i need um preferably for more than a week I, I like just also to have options if I uh, change my mind because sometimes I like to plan things ahead. Sometimes I just feel like, okay, I can throw this together with this and this and this. And it's going to be tasty. Um, yeah, so it's also going to be exciting because the last time I moved, I literally moved like <clears throat> a kilometre um last i moved apartments and so i went to the same grocery stores and now it's going to be a new neighborhood so it's going to be fun to explore that because there is a an absolute lack oh that's also a huge thing where i live or where i have lived the last two and a half years there's like one shitty asian store and no good like arab stores uh and where i will be moving there is going to be a lot of arab and turkish grocery stores and i will be in heaven
1: that sounds amazing yeah that's a no-go for me yeah i know i know i know
0: I, Is this this neighborhood that i'm living in has everything i need except this one crucial thing and it's been the bane of my culinary existence for the last two and a half years somehow i think i had like stockholm syndrome where i thought like oh this is, isn't so bad but um now that i'm talking about it i realize how much i've missed it how much i miss Uh, like I just had a lot of memories like going grocery shopping with you as well. (laughs) Back when we used to live in the same place, that was always a lot of fun. Us with our bags and like, just like going through two, four different shops because there is a specific thing we wanted. Uh, So of course, we're going to go to an an extra shop for that. Um, And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to just... Finally, finally, be able to um, cook with all of these amazing ingredients. Oh, that sounds incredible! But that's also really strange to me that your neighborhood doesn't have um, an Arab grocery store in all of, or a Turkish grocery store in Berlin of all places. I know. I mean, there's one Turkish grocery store, but it's tiny and it's very uh, expensive, and it's I don't know. What's I don't the like point? it that much. Exactly. It's like why um but there there is like an amazing one that's really close to where my partner lives and uh (laughs) by extension now where i will be living so uh i love and it's a huge store it's like if you compare it to the one that we like to go to it's like five times the size of that yeah wow and it has everything just like the just like the produce aisle is amazing and it's like oh just the herbs alone, I'm I'm like ah, oh, uh, I love everything about this.
1: That's incredible. I I do miss grocery stores in Europe in particular. Um, mm. But I mean, you know, Japan is Japan works for me in a lot of ways just because they're stores are open longer they're open more frequently so it really does mm-hmm. suit my ideal lifestyle where i get to the, go to the grocery store every day probably is my ideal mm-hmm. uh so and it's just like having a grocery store that's open from 7am to 3am every single day is like it's <laughs> <is> great <laughs> absolutely absolutely
0: it is mind boggling to me that my partner has a very small fridge only with like two kind of compartments and one for uh, produce and until until basically now she's been living with another person and so they only have one each and they share the produce thing like the pro, you know the produce shelf or whatever and her her part her thing is like 40 percent filled with like film stock for analog photography and i'm like how do you live if you don't have like stuff like p- space in your fridge like how does that work and i'm just like so i don't know i like it's just very different obviously like very different lives we're living and uh um yeah i mean obviously i also eat bigger portions than she does so that also kind of adds to that but it's yeah i don't know it's i'm just i'm just happy to have a fridge by myself that's gonna be the dream
1: Well, I have learned that there are food people and there are not food people and that's fine. Like people have different priorities and I'm coming to accept that
0: a big portion of the
1: population is just wrong and that's okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. I mean, she absolutely is a food person. She just goes to grocery shopping every second day, I guess, for fresh stuff. Um, And to be fair, there is a grocery store like 200 meters from where she lives. So that's not really an issue. Um but still it would just like frustrate me you know it's like oh no i have everything i need right here uh but you know people are different and that's fine i guess she can be happy with her things and i can just do my thing in my new place so that's all i need then i retract the statement
1: about your partner but but generally
0: it stands (laughs) <laughs> absolutely i totally agree and it, it's like how how do people not like food It's like how do people not like music it's like it's, i don't know i don't get it um but yeah what's what's up with you how's uh how's life in japan treating you what's new in your life I, or is it same old same old just like hustling
1: Yeah, I mean, that's about it. Like this week, the weather has been beautiful. I mean, it snowed on Monday. And then this past few days, Mm -hmm. it's been like 12, 13 degrees every day. So global warming. (laughs) But (laughs) it's been quite nice. Uh, So I've been playing Mm -hmm. uh, tennis a lot. been outside a lot of times this past week, uh, just going around enjoying the winter in um, Japan, which enjoying winter sounds like an oxymoron for most people living in Europe (laughs) in particular. But Japan is, is quite nice in winter. So I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, great. I think next week is gonna be what? up to twenty, which is Oof. crazy talk for the middle of February. But Sheesh. yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like the one person in the streets wearing like shorts and a t shirt and people are gonna look at me like I'm a crazy person. But you know what? I mean, whatever <laughs> it takes to be comfortable.
0: Yeah. Uh I, I was just thinking of this meme I saw uh the other day is like this person Oh I'm so happy, my depression is cured, everything's great, person B. Has there been one day of uh, sunshine in Berlin? (laughs) Person A. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) That's what it feels like. You know, it's 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 almost Scandinavian in that way because the winters here are so shit that, like, whenever sun comes out, it is a totally different city, totally different vibe. Everybody's going crazy in the best possible way. And, uh, yeah... You know, looking forward to summer, obviously, looking forward to finally, I'm going to, this is going to be the year where I'll finally sell my bikes and get a proper one. Well, um, I know, I know, I will have to take them with me this move, <laughs> but because <laughs> I will, I, <laughs> I, you know, February is the worst time to be selling bikes.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: I'll just wait two months and then I'll sell them for probably double the price. Uh, that i would get them uh, that i would get now uh and then i'll like put my money where my mouth is invest in a good bike and enjoy riding riding it all across town to work to every everywhere else and it's going to be so much fun i have missed riding bikes so much even though doing it in berlin is kind of obviously different from like a smaller town but uh, it is still gorgeous
1: yeah i was gonna ask how like biking in berlin is it must be really crazy i have bought a helmet
0: that's Whoa. how crazy it is
1: you in a helmet
0: nah i know right uh that is how i'm feeling um yeah it is just everybody i mean you know me included does crazy shit <laughs> it's like ah, oh, this this red light is only a recommendation i mean i don't cross red lights Usually, uh, but Chris, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the thing is that there are a lot of the roads are not made for bikes, so they have to go on the sidewalk, which you know, as a pedestrian, nobody's happy about it. But it's also if you're riding a bike, like, what are you going to do? Get caught in one of these like big like stone like gaps between stones and fall onto your face or just you know have a few pedestrians be angry at you um and so that is the one thing that i hate that it is not a good city to ride a um racing bike in not really anyway so uh, i i guess i'll have to get one with bigger uh with bigger uh tires
1: yeah that's gonna be important unfortunately oh that's so sad
0: yeah maybe i can get like a hybrid one that is basically a racing bike but ha- just has bigger ones you know
1: my friend was recommending taken... a kind of bike for that
0: hmm
1: i'll have to is ask one of these again. bikes something like that i don't remember
0: yeah they're just fucking expensive that's the only reason why i'm not gonna buy one because they're like a friend of mine has one and had multiple ones but uh they got stolen twice um, and luck- luckily in- he insured them because he paid like 1500 bucks for them um so <laughs> that that was fun um yeah but uh, what about you did you take your bike with you this time no this time i left it in in cambridge mm, okay amazing i mean why why would you take it with you for like a few months right that's a lot of hassle
1: uh yeah i would have been fine um i just wasn't sure about where how the parking would be. Uh, my The university I go to here in Tokyo doesn't have bike parking on campus. So I'd have to what? find some private bike parking and pay for it. And I'm just like, what's the point? I, just, I can just pay for the train it's the same cost. So That's so crazy to me. I know. Well, the first time I came here, I was like, so like, what the hell is happening with this? Why are you not letting mm. me park my bike here? But, you know, you get used to it uh, here in Tokyo. There's just different rules about things, especially if you're in a super central university.
0: hmm Yeah damn but like i guess you know if you don't want to have like bike racks for like i don't know how many thousands of students i suppose but so many other universities uh, do it it's just is like the only
1: one that i know like i know of like three other universities in tokyo that all have bike racks for their students it's just oh. this one it's <laughs> okay. just it's no no it's okay. not and then the bike the place I i went to in kyoto there that like everyone had a bike and they had bike racks all over campus it's just like Mm, what are we doing here but this this place is like super central big roads it's not really easy to get to via bike as well um and it's a really small campus uh so i'd imagine that's why they don't do anything or don't cater to bike bikers but you know what can you do and if you're not going to use your bike on your daily commute then who cares like why would you even have it
0: yeah for sure (laughs) damn but yeah, I mean, you know, I guess I guess you'll be uh you're in the tunnel, you're working uh doing the thing and looking forward to I guess you'll most of all be looking forward to, you know, that's that thesis finally being written.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel at this point, which is good. Uh nice. so that's kind of nice. It's just a matter of like Putting your nose to the grindstone and just like getting it out, which you know, mm. yeah, it'll happen. I think the, at this point, I don't. I have like, I have, I have. It transcended the stress of it. It is just like it will happen. I will just like emerge in nine months, having been having done it. Eh, I'll yeah. deal with whatever happens in the middle
0: uh, <laughs> as it comes. What are your working hours these days? Because I remember when you, when we both wrote our master's thesis, you were very strict about your. At the uh at the library when it opened at 8 30 and you're gone by seven PM.
1: Yeah, so um I don't I'm not doing as much mornings as I used to, especially that I don't go to the gym while I'm here in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like what do I say? Um every day is kind of different. Um I do start depending on when I wake up and just go and I kind of like chop it up. So I don't have like a as like a Especially recently, like I'm starting at this time, ending at this time. It's more like I do this all all the time, and I just take <laughs> meal breaks or other breaks in between. And then mm-hmm. if I if I want to take a half a Tuesday off, I'll just work a Saturday or something or Sunday, which I you know tend to do anyways. But it's just a matter of like um, <laughs> what is best for that week or that time. I'm I'm quite flexible with it. I imagine mm-hmm. that as things get a little bit closer. Um, I will be more like kind of what I was doing with my master's thesis, but probably like go there all the time and be there all the time. And um, as a yeah. PhD student here, I have access to both my college library and my faculty library 24-7. So that's maybe not good for health, uh, like, <laughs> life, like work-life balance, but, you know, short period of time, it, it'll be done.
0: Mm-hmm. Damn.
1: But I have a roadmap in terms of like, okay, has to get to eighty thousand words, I'm at fifty now, get to sixty by get to sixty by the end of March, get to eighty by the end of June, and then revise for July and August and submit in September. So that's sort of like um, the roadmap. So it doesn't seem to be too onerous as I look at it now.
0: Yeah. Sounds manageable. I mean, you say
1: that, but then also like the 20,000 word gap between, uh, March and, and June is terrifying. A master thesis. <laughs> like it's, so yeah, it's, it's just kind of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's all relative to what it used to be and how that like seemed like a big deal. Now you're just like, right. eh, whatever.
0: But you wrote your thesis in basically two and a half months.
1: Yeah, but I didn't do all the research and do the analysis. I mean, the writing part is one thing, yeah, but so. there's like yeah, new yeah. things to add, and there's like materials to go through. There's still some field work to do. Like there's like there's stuff in between there, you know. And there's mm-hmm. moving continents as well during that. <laughs> oh, yeah. right. So yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> that that's par for the course at this point. Mm-hmm. And you're are you like submitting things still, or is that what do you mean by I that? Pause? Like, I remember you said, like, you were, like, giving chapters to your supervisor and shit like that.
1: Yeah, so at each of these blocks, I will give something to my supervisor. It's not for uh, evaluation or anything. It's more just for progress checks. And um, I think at this point, um, I'm not sure, but I don't imagine my supervisor will read it again until... Because he read the first half of the dissertation, I don't think he'll read it again until I get the whole draft into him, Uh, and it's Mm -hmm. more improved. So at that point, he'll read it. I'll have a couple months to revise, ideally. And then yeah. I will just submit and then figure out what I want to do where I want to be next. That sounds fun.
0: <laughs> so how do you feel about that whole project? I mean, obviously it's been a few years now, and uh, as you said, it's way different from writing a silly little master's thesis, which is like looking back on it and looking back to or like looking forward to um, like the point where you will have submitted it um what's your what's your take i guess what's your opinion on the the process
1: that's a good question and i'm going to answer it now but then also put yourself a reminder to ask me again after i actually submit because that'll be an interesting oh, kind of reflection
0: <laughs> mhm
1: but i think like i really a, have gained more of a respect for the process in general and for the people who have done it, um, just because you get more of an appreciation for what it all that it entails. Um, on the mm-hmm. other side, I have seen there's a wide range for, for PhDs as well. So it's not that all PhDs are yeah. created equal. So that's something that I've realized <laughs> too. Um, I probably have gone maybe a little bit too far in doing my PhD in terms of like what I wanted to do. But I think that's par for the course um, for me. I, I don't half-ass anything, right? That's my favorite line from say. Parks and Rec, right? <laughs> it's yeah, the, well, <laughs> but yeah. So it's 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 one of those things that I have really come to appreciate, um, and I think myself, I've realized that I like it, right? And and I think mm-hmm. um, it's one of those things that you hate certain aspects of it, right? and you love other aspects of it and it's 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 a roller coaster of emotions constantly Um, but it's going through from start to where i am now and i'm sure my reflection will change you know in after nine months of probably torture
0: so obviously i have to ask you yeah what's what are the parts that you like and what are the parts that you really don't like
1: It's kind of interesting. So, I've been going through a reconciliation with the part that I thought I hated the most, and that was writing. I always hated writing, Mm -hmm. and I thought writing was terrible. I'm coming to more of an appreciation of writing, which is an interesting left turn for me. So, traditionally, I would say that that's what I hated the most. So, the fact that I'm starting to like it is an interesting uh, turn of events. I still necessar- don't necessarily like the publishing process, although I have done it a few times now, um, or at least am- mm-hmm. I'm also going through it again as we speak. But I think it's one of those things that, is more it's it's more of an annoyance than anything else. I realized one thing that I do particularly like and this is a weird thing to say. I love the admin part of it. I think it's like something I'm really good at, like applying for grants and just like figuring out stuff oh, and yeah. doing things that people like maybe don't think are possible in terms of like, I'm going to go here on this. People are going to pay me and I'm going to go here. And then these people are going to pay me and just like really like <laughs> piecing things together. Um, I find that kind of stuff like really fun and and just like a, a nice challenge to overcome. And then obviously I, I like the research part, the, the the archival research, like going through archives, sifting through things, finding something that's just like, wow, this is so cool. And then figuring out a way to integrate that or thinking about it. And mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the classic anecdote that I go to is that like very often my work day or part of my work day is to go to a cafe and sit and to think. And that's incredible. (laughs) like How many jobs do you have that that's part of your work day and that's a productive part of your work day is to sit down Mm. with just a notebook and a pen and sip a coffee or whatever, look outside like a like, I don't know a forest and just like think about like whatever you're you're trying to analyze and try to piece things together from a holistic perspective and that's one thing that if i'm going to go back to like what is the really the like the like the like the difference between doing this and actually doing a master's or, or doing other sorts of work is really that big picture thinking. Like we think we have big picture thinking going through a master's or an undergrad, but we of don't course, yeah. really know what that means or what that is. Mm-hmm. And really like digging in at that like significance of your work and like the like the holistic idea that binds it all together and makes it digestible is It's just so it's so interesting to me, and I think that's like a part of really doing like PhD level work and and beyond. I would imagine, and I know that there are post PhDs that would just like um, listen to this and be like, "Yeah, like no shit, Sherlock." Basically, but you know, I (laughs) think it's something
0: that's cool to kind of go through that process. I swear, if we did another masters today, we would just like fly through that in like a month. And a half, maybe. It'd be so chill. Like even yeah. I, I'm not doing a PhD, but just like the way that I have now learned new skills through my job and just more experienced generally, I think, you know, that would obviously help tremendously.
1: Well, I think for you also learning not to be as like anal about everything is good. Yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> That's just, uh, yeah, great, great advice for life. Um, don't be anal. <laughs> don't be anal. <laughs>
1: or be maybe less anal. How about that? A little bit of anality is good.
0: <laughs> and we have the title of the episode. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think you know, just like letting go. Also like being more structured because, I don't know, I was I, – looking back on it, I always thought I was very structured in my writing process, but – I am. Sho- I was shockingly not, which is why it was so much work, because I was literally throwing spaghetti at the wall, or like not literally. I was figuratively throwing spaghetti of, of the uh, at the wall, and like basically words at a blank page, and then just seeing what sticks, and that's how I wrote it. And then eventually running out of time and forcing myself to <laughs> focus on the important parts, but. Um, yeah i don't know i have i have two questions still and then maybe we can talk about your favorite shows of the year um (laughs) a completely different topic but you just said um taking a sip of of coffee whatever like when you're working in a cafe and was that just a figure not a figure of speech but just like saying something because that's what most people would be drinking or are you back on coffee
1: no, caffeine, no. But I mean, I have decaf coffee all the yeah. time. And I have like yeah, yeah, yeah. decaf tea with milk, with like foamed milk, which is essentially the same thing all the time. Like it's just, yeah, it's yeah, for sure. I will have coffee. Decaf coffee is still coffee, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true.
0: All because, also, because it's not truly, truly with, without uh,
1: caffeine, but yes. Yeah, I mean, but effectively, you would have to drink like 50 of them to get the, like, the yeah, sh- yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So I was <laughs> like, well, the thing is, I'm not religious about not drinking caffeine, right? So like, it's just like, if effectively it doesn't get you any energy, any more energetic than water, then it doesn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The funny thing is that like, or or like a side note is that decaffeination processes have become so good recently that Mm -hmm. it has changed the game in decaf coffee significantly, especially with (laughs) smaller roasteries and decaf coffee is actually really good now and it has really like cuz the the you know the classic way of decaffeinating coffee is essentially to run it through a bunch of chemicals that just strips out all the natural caffeine and what you what you are left with is quite bitter doesn't have any taste it, it loses a lot of like the the like the the precious things that make coffee good right i mean mm-hmm. for people who don't like coffee they're, this is all like moot but for those who do um new like decaf coffee which is i mean i don't know if you've heard about this but it's called the swiss water method um it's okay. a it's more of a natural way to remove um no it is a natural way to remove the caffeine essentially it's like co2 blah 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 i don't know exactly how it works <laughs> but it has changed like it entirely so there are different types of of um swiss water or co2 um removal methods that I think have really made coffee, decaf coffee taste, taste just like incredible and different roasteries do it. I know like some big companies have done it as well. I mean, your biggest, biggest companies haven't really gotten to that point yet. I mean, except for, Mm -hmm. I think Lavasa does a Swiss water um, decaf now. I don't know the quality of theirs versus like smaller breweries that I've tried and their decaf. Um, But you can get stuff that has like that same, like, delicate flavor to it and the smoothness of like a good co- a good roasted coffee um or espresso or whatever you like um as opposed to what was really in the past it was just like um an abomination
0: <laughs> yeah for sure i mean i'm i have a great roastery right next door which is which i'm going to miss dearly in uh, in my new apartment but every once in a while i'm sure i'll be back in my in my uh old neighborhood or i can just order from them um they have some great coffees um the, the second thing is that because of the type of work we do or we do <laughs> you do now like the you know our our topics our our bread and butter is like sources and archives and obviously you're kind of at the whim of what you find you just you were just talking about the positive aspects of that and like the the unexpected finds But was there ever like um, an archival trip or like source material that just significantly let your hopes down that you were like, shit, this doesn't work now because now I'm seeing what there actually is and I was making assumptions about what it could be, but it's not that and now I have to change things. How, How often did that happen in the process?
1: It definitely does happen. Um, It's not, like, significantly let down. Maybe it's hard for me to get my spirits down just because of who I am. But I think (laughs) that it's more that, like, you work with what's there. So you adapt your work slightly depending on what you do find, right? So. A good Mm -hmm. example is um, a library that I went to in Peru, and Peru is a nightmare for archival research. It just takes a long time and is confusing and whatever, whatever, and unorganized. But there's a library I went to, and I was expecting to find something, hopefully. I mean, this is completely on a whim because there's no digital collection, there's no like digital catalog logs, there's no catalog, period. So you just have to go and see what they have on the shelf. And it was one of those things where you expect to find something. I expected to find school materials, whatever, some sort of um, refer- direct reference point from this time period that I'm looking at, which is, I mean, for those who don't know, the 1930s and 40s. And mm-hmm. it's... I didn't find any of that, any of it. But what I did find is, you know, um, a, like firsthand accounts of some stuff. I found some writings about um, belonging and race and da-da-da-da-da in that time period. I found um, some... Specific things about, um, uh, I mean, without getting too detailed into it, about about the experience of uh, women at that time period, which was a good angle for me to add Mm, to my research. And like, there's a lot of different little things that I did find that um, go around the periphery of what I'm looking, what I am looking for, uh, but don't necessarily directly address the main topic. And I think that's good. I think that. The, the flip side of not finding what you want is that you find what you don't want or didn't expect. And integrating that makes your research more holistic. And um, it's like, you know, you're coloring in the lines of your your main topic and that's only for the better of the research.
0: Yeah. You know, you got to stay flexible for sure. Yeah. Otherwise- yeah, you can't be rigid.
1: You can't be anal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Wow. Uh, (laughs) but I'm sure what you were what you were anal about was uh, your method of uh, coming up with your favorite shows of the year
1: just a great transition and I was not (laughs) anal about it at all (laughs) 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 it's the same method I've always had Um, I go through as I'm watching shows throughout the year I have my ranking system of shows that I rank them on a scale of 1 to 10 and um i basically sort them at the end of the year and it's really easy um minus the fact that like seven of them are like tied at seven or ten of, seven <laughs> of them are tied at eight so i do have to like have some nuance between them but mm-hmm. unlike chris and this is great that we're going to get to this the main topic of this podcast of uh, 50 minutes in that's what we do <laughs> but it, um on this on the note um, unlike Chris, I actually, no, I did watch relatively less TV this year. Um, mm. I mean, that's for me, but I was still what I think I was at. Hold on, let me just quickly double check the number on this. I think I was at 30 seasons of television this year, which is less than normal. Um, yeah, yeah, but no, 30 seasons of television. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I enjoyed actually like when I was reflecting on the year. So I looked back at the rankings from 2022. And here we are 2023. And I looked at it. It's like, actually, it was a good year of television. There was quite a bit of interesting stuff that I found really, really fascinating. And then I actually found the bottom of the list, this list, a lot harder to to really decipher as opposed to last year. And I mean, the top of the list is, I mean, it's quite familiar at the end you'll actually find that i think you know actually all well, i think three of the top five are still are the same from last year but in different order and different <laughs> things so um yeah it's it, it was a good year of television overall um i don't have any um what do you call them uh honorable mentions because i'm not chris but one show I would like to talk about, and it's something that I would rec- want to recommend, not to anyone, but to Chris to watch. And I don't know if you've seen okay. it. It's the animated uh, Scott Pilgrim show on Netflix called Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. And if you haven't seen it, I'd really recommend it. Damn. I will watch that. Yeah, so I think... it So basically, the movie that came out, which is like one of our favorite movies for both of us, was... <laughs> the uh was a more uh faithful adaptation of the scott Pilgrim comics mm-hmm. this um i'm not gonna say anything other than that this story is a completely different interpretation of it and i think it's really mm-hmm. fascinating how they do it it's animated the animation is great um it is definitely one of the shows that i liked unfortunately it's not in the top 10 and i don't know what like i mean you know You make the top 10, you stick to it, you don't don't move off. But um, I'd recommend you watching it just to enjoy um, a little short season of television that I don't think is going to return for a season two. So a limited series, great for you to watch. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, should I get into it? Do you have any questions? Um, Anything I should review about my ranking system or anything like that? (laughs)
0: maybe maybe that would be uh, a discussion for after you've told us what your top 10 are just the one question is have you changed anything about the system you were just talking about it you just said you were, did everything the same as last year so did anything change you also mentioned you had like difficulties when like six <laughs> six shows have the same uh score but apart from that was there anything that um surprised you that it was different than the year before
1: no i think it was quite similar like i'm very very like i almost never give a 10 for example Um, it takes a lot for Mm -hmm. me to give a 10 um maybe there's one a year um like that's so that's really easy to like you know if that comes up whatever um this year i had four with eight with a score of eight and i had um six with uh seven and Mm -hmm. so it was very much like okay i from these sevens i ended up having to drop something or a couple of them and it's so it's an interesting kind of like um you know struggle there but uh, (laughs) before we go into the top the top 10 i actually would like to shout out the worst shows of the year um the please the four worst shows i watched this year or the five worst shows i watched this year i'm going to do this off the cuff right now Mm -hmm. in in order of Relative best to relative worst, right? <laughs> yes. uh, so the season three of the Mandalorian.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. with a with a great I score already, of already four about all of them. Yes.
1: Yeah, with a great score of four, absolutely miserable. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. and just for clarifications purposes, um, a four in this Rashad scale effectively is supposed to mean, um, that. Just basically, actually, some big problems. It's it not that bad, actually. It's not that bad. Uh, I do filter the shows that I watch, so I don't end up watching a lot of really bad shows. Yeah. And my computer froze. So, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, after that, um, the next worst one was HBO's Winning Time Season 2. Absolutely hated it. There was one good episode in the season, uh, but... It was after a promising first season that I think got like a 5 or a 6. Um, this one dropped down to a 3, unfortunately. It was not good. Um, after that... Uh, Disney plus is Marvel's secret invasion an absolute, like the worst Marvel show ever. Um, I mean, I know you're not into that whole thing and it has been falling off cliff in general in terms of quality. Uh, but this mm-hmm. was not only not an exception, it was an outlier in terms of how bad it was. And when you, mm-hmm. when you end up watching a show at the end of which you find yourself thinking, Oh man, that was pointless.
0: That's what this show is. <laughs> It's almost like they milked it for all it was worth, and now there's nothing left. But they still want to milk it.
1: Yeah. Oh well. I mean, I don't. That's not a um, like. I'm not trying to say that about the MCU in general. I'm trying to say that about this Aren't show you? specifically, Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, the two worst shows, both yeah, that got num- ones for me. I think they were, they weren't maybe that bad for everyone but for me they were absolutely terrible and that was the second <laughs> season of yellow jackets i just it was absolutely just so annoying to watch i was so yellow jackets is like a <sighs> not a sci-fi like a pseudo horror-y kind of show where it's basically like a um a girls' soccer team um their plane crashes or whatever in the wilderness and they have to survive and then they become like this religious cult and blah 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 and oh my there's God. two timelines Is this it's like lord
0: simple. of flies but i guess different I guess yeah. I, it's just that plus
1: like there's like weird like supernatural stuff in there too and then like mm-hmm. um, you have two timelines because you're following them in the present day and then also when they were children and there's like two sets of actors and <sighs> it, it, it's just like a it's it's no the set first season I, I was able to like you know at least somewhat enjoy but the second season I, I know people enjoyed it but mm-hmm. it is absolutely not for me and mm-hmm. the first season of this was something I was really looking forward to and I thought it was going to be good because I think it was created by Donald Glover um, but I'm not entirely sure um, I'm just looking it up right now um, yeah it was created by Donald Glover and this was the show Swarm I absolutely couldn't I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't do it like I, I think the first episode <laughs> was fine um, but after that it was um, just an absolute miserable f- like f- like f- yeah garbage television unfortunately for me so those are the five worst shows. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope that was entertaining for some people, and I know Absolutely. that people like some of these always. shows. So
0: I have he- I have heard you rant uh, many many times, and it's always enjoyable <laughs> and entertaining. And I get the frustration. It's a surprising to me with Yellow Jackets that you said you mildly like or enjoy the first season. Like then watching a second season is like I don't know if I would have the commitment for the for that you know but um you know maybe it may you know it could have been much better so i also get the um the hope that is attached to that um but i mean yeah definitely i mean i've seen the mandalorian and um yeah it's just like just fucking star wars in general just like it's just the Mandalorian. Come on.
1: No, 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 no. Don't be hyperbolic about this. The Mandalorian was bad. Andor was freaking phenomenal. So like we have to take we have to look at the positive side. Andor was at least for me yeah, 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 yeah. the best show of 2022 by far. And it was a show like that I still revisit. So like
0: that was a year ago. Like we can't. Completely ta- yeah, but was, be I'm like, talking about like everything but like Andor is just like a whole thing in and of itself. But apart from that, if we if we don't think about Andor. The last like four seasons of Star Wars were bullshit. Mm. What? Hold
1: on. Okay. First of all, for the last four seasons of Star Wars, the first two seasons of The Mandalorian were amazing. Okay, Ahsoka was bad, and The Mandalorian was bad.
0: That's two book of boba. Outliers. Uh, book of boba and uh the Obi Wan show also. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Those are what those, those, those Obi Wan or
1: Mandalorian. I don't remember. Either way, I, but I, think I see what Obi you mean. One. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, th- those are like Mandalorian, three, Ahsoka, Kenobi, and Book of Boba are the four that I'm talking about, and those are all not good. Okay
1: but i think that like we i know a lot of people like to say andor's andor's different but andor's also still star wars and we need to remember that like there is a positive i'm just trying to For sure. keep us on the positive that's the idea <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i i i i can see that i can see that i'm not sure if i can <laughs> if i can keep it positive with star wars anymore but uh, the um what what's it called the visions was nice again also so mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep, Visions that. was good. Tales of the Jedi <laughs> was good.
1: Both yeah, both seasons of Visions yeah. was good. Um yeah. like, there, there yeah, are yeah, good yeah, things yeah. in there, like that's I think For sure. is interesting. Even like the Bad Batch is not bad. Like I really enjoyed the Bad yeah. Batch, season two, even. And that's good. So like yeah, there fun. is varying quality here. The animated stuff tends to be a little bit better recently. Um, and mm-hmm. then you have an out like, as you said, an outlier like Andor, which is just freaking phenomenal, but it brings up the whole pack. And then even within mm-hmm. something like Ahsoka, which ended horror Horribly. the first half of Ahsoka <laughs> was great like that was good like yeah. and we had such a good time yeah, yeah. watching that and I think that there has to be a little bit of nuance with understanding of good versus bad I think there's a binary often with what we think about is good um and I think that um I I would like to appreciate the good things that even bad tv shows in that are bad in general there's good things that happen there are things that are just absolute misery from beginning to end and I don't think that any of those Star Wars shows that you mentioned were absolute horrible from beginning to end because they either started bad. No, no, no. Or yeah, no. I don't know. I mean, even like the Book of Boba Fett had two great Mandalorian episodes in the middle of it. So <laughs> like
0: yeah. you know, things happen. Yeah, there were <laughs> there was cheating, but yes, I agree. Um yeah, so now I'm very curious to hear about the, <laughs> the shows you actually liked. <laughs> Yeah, so
1: um coming in at number 10 is um on Peacock, which is a streaming network uh by the Universal Studios, um the detective show Poker Face. Um I don't know if you had mm-hmm. heard of this. Yes, no. Nope. All right, this was a created it's a detective show created by Ryan Johnson. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a really good <laughs> starting point for you. Uh, and yes. stars Natasha Leone as kind of like a pseudo um, has like a little power kind of thing where she can tell people are lying. And she goes on a case of the week scenario. as She's running away from the Las Vegas mob, essentially. So interesting mm-hmm. show it, it is like sort of it has elements of the procedural where every week something different happens and she kind of goes to solve the case uh, which is a little bit fun so it's like not something you have to binge but there is like a through line story about her life etc cetera, etc cetera, and it kind of all weaves in together really fun watch a lot of people forget about it because the first episode was basically a year ago which is january 26 2023 but it still Damn. counts it still counts <laughs>
0: amazing that 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 sounds really good
1: yeah and so so the next show that i have here is um, a comedy on
0: apple tv called shrinking you've seen it right it was on my list but then i kind of forgot about it but yeah it's the uh with harrison ford right
1: yeah so created by bill bill lawrence um and brett goldstein um and with Collaborates with Jason siegel He's like sort of the lead, um, sad guy. <laughs> Harrison Ford, grumpy old man, really funny, um, kind of good to beginning to end. Again, it's one of those things that basically released over a year ago at this point, but still was in twenty twenty three, and I think it was you know uh, a great show.
0: Amazing. I mean, you know, as I said, I had been seeing it all over Apple TV and. I was planning on watching it, but then I kind of fell off the wagon of watching things, um not just shows but also movies this year. I just got back into it a few months ago, but um shrinking was definitely on the list, and even more so now with your recommendation
1: yep, and okay, so the next one number eight on the list is the second season of blind spotting <gasps> so yeah. <laughs> so blind spotting um Again, also created by Rafael Casal and David Diggs, and like one of our favorite movies ever, at least one of my favorite movies ever. I'll speak for myself. And it oh, was the sure. second season after the first one came out, and I thought it was absolutely phenomenal, an absolute creative masterclass. Same thing for season two. Um, it focuses more on Ashley's character. Um, I mean, it all focuses on Ashley's character, but I think it's like an absolute, uh, yeah, absolutely incredible. It deals with such interesting stuff about growing up in this era, like finding love in this mm. era like you know and just it, it, by this era i mean oakland in the modern era um one it's just an absolutely incredible show i recommend everyone watch it um it's following up on one of our favorite movies
0: as i said and yeah uh blind spotting it is at number eight that's great i didn't even know it was uh it had a second season i haven't even watched the first one so i really have to you know, finally get my shit together and watch it. Because as you said, the movie is phenomenal and I'm so in love with it still to this day. I still think about it. So I really need to watch the show. And it's because of people like you that the show got canceled.
1: Boom. (laughs) People should have been watching this show because it was so good and i made so sad that um it didn't mm. get canceled after the second season because of corporate shenanigans and it's not making enough money because it's very niche and I get it, but it is incredible yeah. to watch and it just like it makes your mind go. And that's a show that is incredible.
0: I feel bad now. You should. You should. Damn. You should. But Thanks. on to my
1: uh, number seven, which is um, kind of the opposite. And I assumed it was going to be um, actually kind of trashy because it was like one of those super hyped shows. But in the end, I actually mm. did really enjoy it. And that was uh, Beef
0: from Netflix. Have you heard of the show? <laughs> I have heard of it. Yes, but I haven't watched it. I assume it has to do with something with food, but I don't. I don't know. It has nothing to do with food. Um, it Amazing. is beef
1: <laughs> in the sense of two people that have beef with one another.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Right? So the main stars are Steven Yoon and Ali Wong, who are sort of at odds with one another, and their different lives intersect. And, um, I, you know, it's one of those shows that got super hyped when it came out. It came out in April of last year and it was like you know it was so many people talking about it and i was like yeah there's no way this is any good especially netflix i'm very skeptical about netflix 90 <laughs> percent of the shows that they have are, i think are junk so i was like okay i didn't t- tune into it for a while and then eventually you know i was like okay maybe i'll actually turn it tune into this or watch it um there's a lot of you know people that i like in there it is also one of those things that like Um, especially as award season came along, it was like, okay, getting nominated and it was like, okay, fine, I'll watch it. And I turned out to really like it. I think it was very entertaining, very funny. Um, very kind of like, you know, I think it was a really good, um, mix of something that i should take seriously and something that i can just like watch where it's like not a big deal and it's it is it is i will say to netflix credit this is what they do best it is a it's a good show to binge and just like get through in in, Mm -hmm. like a few days and i think it was definitely like a fun easy ride um and i really enjoyed it so beef it is at number seven
0: sweet i mean you know netflix obviously has this thing they i think they just raised the prices for the first time ever and stuff like that uh, and but i've he- i've heard about i think i had the same um thing happen to me that you did where everybody was kind of i i saw it popping up everywhere and i was like oh, this can't be good <laughs> and I was like i don't want to check this out and uh, yeah but i guess shame on me again hanging my head in shame and I will uh, fix that mistake how dare you
1: All right, on to number six Um, this show was super hyped going into the year Uh, I think it did kind of to a certain extent you know land on that hype Um, it's the final season of HBO's Succession have Mm -hmm. you kept in contact with Succession at all did you have you watched any of it (sighs)
0: I haven't watched any of it um, I mean obviously I've heard about it I've heard everybody rave about it uh, and it's one of these shows that I will probably watch in like two years I was like yeah everybody was right this is great but it's just I don't know I'm I just I just haven't had the time to watch shows I guess um, and also yeah I don't know it's it's just I but I will watch it I will for sure watch it
1: yeah so I mean Succession is obviously, if people don't know, it's created by Jesse Armstrong. It's basically about this dysfunctional family who runs... Um, Wastar, which is like a ba- essentially Disney. It's essentially Disney. So it's basically <laughs> making fun of the richest, richest people in a very black, dark comedy way. And you could if you watch a show without like your brain turned on, you'd think that this is just like, oh my god, this is a fight for who's going to succeed their father as the like the next CEO of the company, blah, 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 blah. But within that, it shows the ineptitude of like high-minded capitalism and big companies and like all this like craziness and the the um the extravagance like in such a terrible way which is it's like a great satire of this kind of life of super the super rich and it's a very interesting social commentary because jason jesse armstrong is a very well known like for being like very anti-capitalist and he has a lot of those messages in his show um and i think i think it's you know it's great. So I'd really obviously recommend it for everyone um to watch. And uh obviously it's the end of it's the end of the end right now, so at any point now you can do it at your leisure and be like Chris and watch it like ten years from
0: now. <laughs> yeah. And then be like, yeah. I, have you seen this show? <laughs> <laughs> when were you watching The Sopranos this me. past year? Uh last year, yeah. <laughs> so case in point, yeah. But I mean Better late than never, you know? Yeah, um, I guess. And I, I don't know. I, I guess that's just me. You know, I just fell off the wa- the wagon with uh, shows recently. It's just like, also you need like 500,000 streaming services. So that's just too much hassle.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You can always do the thing where you sign up for a month, watch everything and then sign out like or like, you know, yeah, then cancel. True. Like That's like the way to do it nowadays, I feel.
0: But I also, like, I don't really, because I guess I don't have social media or whatever, I don't really, I mean, obviously, I've heard about succession, right? And I kind of noticed shrinking, but it's, I don't really discover shows. It's not that easy for me to do that. You're just listening to the wrong podcasts. I guess. I guess I do. I mean, I, you know, that's, (laughs) that is very subjective, but uh yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. The wrong
1: for this purposes. We can uh leave yes. it at that. All right, so the next show, number five, so we're into the top five, um, is um Steven Soderbergh's Full Circle. I'm sure you haven't heard of the show. No, never. Okay. If you had said yes, I would have been like absolutely like, I don't know what you say, <laughs> flabbergasted. <laughs> yeah. Oh so essentially god. it's um an investigation into a botched kidnapping um within the um Oh my god I want to say this properly um the guiana mob basically in new york Mm -hmm. so there's Mm -hmm. this like guiana community in new york that has this like mob presence and they basically try to kidnap a rich person's child or whatever and it goes terribly wrong and basically there's this investigation around it and and how does this go into this and it's very steven soderbergh at his best in my mind it has all these like different Like communities and cultures intersecting in New York, and it's just really interesting. Like metaphorical, has a little bit of like a uh like a supernatural element to it as well um it's a nice little tight miniseries beginning and that's it i i really love this show it's like it's it's super super niche not many people have watched it i mean it does still have big people in it it has claire danes it has timothy oliphant um so it has people who um are like big stars that can bring people to the table and obviously directed and created by steven Soderbergh. so um and then also great for you great music as well the soundtrack to this is, is show is absolutely incredible very mysterious and beautiful and and the also like you also have these fish out of water characters that are coming from guyana and they land in new york and all this like new things hitting them at the same time so there's this is like so many themes about um like community and home and also crime and all these things going on at once and beautifully directed. So definitely one of my hair shows of the year, obviously.
0: Ooh, sounds like a perfect storm. I for now for once I don't feel bad about not having watched it if you say that not many people have, and it's not it's one that kind of flew under the radar, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just repeating myself, but it goes on the list of things to f- to watch in within the next five years, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thanks for the tip for sure. It sounds, uh, yeah, amazing, like a perfect storm of things.
1: So the last, um, oh no, number four is going to be about a show I've been raving about and I don't think you've ever watched it for the past like four years. And um, it's the final season of uh, Barry. Uh, it's finally come to an end. Uh, Barry is the dark comedy uh, by Bill Hader um, about the delusioned assassin who wants to become an actor. Great show. Ah, so yes. funny. It is an mm-hmm. absolute gem. And the last season just like takes a show. I mean, like last year, Barry was number four. Again, this year, it's also number four on the list. Uh, it's just like consistently <laughs> good. Everything is amazing. Um, it's one of those shows that... It's one of the few shows that I was like, okay, I'm going to, when the moment this is aired, like the hour this is aired, I'll be watching it every week and it it never let me down and everything was always something unexpected.
0: Oh my God. That's, that, that's so perfect when there's something that's just consistently good and, you know, it never disappoints. And that is what keeps you tuning in, I guess, like whenever, like as soon as it comes out uh i'm yeah i think i think i yeah i heard about it for sure um but (laughs) it's just uh yeah it wasn't but again uh, ask me again in five years i might have watched it by then um and yeah i mean it's great that you've had that experience of a show that's just consistently good that just delivers you know i love that
1: Tune in five years from now when Chris has. We will ask Chris what he actually has watched from 2023. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the number one uh, or the next one, well, I'm not the number one yet, but we're into the top three. Um, so, this is the top of the eights, I guess, on my ranking, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, there is above an eight this year. Um, but the last four shows, including this one that I've been talking about, all got quote unquote eights. Uh, which for me mm-hmm. means basically in the best of the year category. Uh, so it's hard to rank between them. Uh, but at the top of the eight's list was um, the first season of The Last of Us. Uh, that you did watch, I believe, right?
0: <laughs> nope. Chris, did we podcast <sighs> know, about this? I or was know. it just me talking and you, you did. didn't do anything? No, no. Uh, I was there. I think you talk with Emma about it. Uh, yeah. Because it has that video game aspect, but I was just a like I was basically a listener. Great. Um so and I haven't <clears throat> I haven't gotten around to watching it. Um
1: Okay, um yeah, that's fine. Everybody was
0: raving about it, but you know, <laughs> it's just me doing Chris things.
1: Yeah, it's all good. Um, I mean, the third episode of The Last of Us is still, in my mind, the best episode of television this entire year. Um, the show itself was thrilling, funny, beautiful, all of the above, unexpectedly good. Performances by Bella Ramsey, and, Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal. Just, I mean, just like phenomenal from from beginning to end. And it just gets me so excited. And it's one of those shows that, like... Yeah, I guess it, it is also similar to Barry in the sense that I was waiting for it every single year or every single week. And it's it's one of those shows that goes in memory for this year, I think. And that's why that I put it at the top, because it, it sort of characterized the entire year for me. When I look back on 2023, I know that later on, like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, I'll look back and be like, well, that was the show from that year. And that was just like, you know. It was incredible. So I'm looking forward to season two. Uh, I believe it'll be 25. Not entirely sure. Uh, but again, another show from the early part of the year. And absolutely incredible. So you should definitely watch it, Chris. And if you haven't watched it, uh, you know,
0: just you know, <laughs> get on it. Come on. What are you doing? <laughs> I will. I will watch it. I will make a commitment. I will watch it this year. How about Whoa. that? <laughs> I know, right? That's Whoa. That's very extreme for me crazy uh but yeah so now we're into the top two
1: um mm-hmm. and top two and this show moved up last year was number three and this year is number two and it is the final season of reservation dogs Hmm. poor one out for reservation dogs maybe my favorite show of the past three years um is Like in terms of like one that has been running for all three years, I'm going to be very specific with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is ending or has ended? Uh, A beautiful story about these like teenagers in rural Oklahoma. um, Seeing them grow, seeing them like. Uh, connect with family and this season was an absolutely incredible message about family and generational not only trauma but love and community and and how you it, because like the first two seasons of the show was all about the children and the third season of the show just like I'm gonna speak very generally they accomplished their goal at the end of season two and the question is what do they do next and in season three you find them, really searching for belonging and family and and seeing a different side of their community and you as the author, not the author, the a viewer are also taken on a very similar journey where you are also exposed to different sides of characters that you had seen before but you see them from a different perspective and you start to see the different side that the children are seeing or the teenagers are seeing and it's just a beautiful show such a great community um that you just it's one of those shows where you feel so sad that it's ended and it's one of i will will revisit this for the rest of my life it's one it's one of my favorite shows ever
0: damn high praise and uh, again the guilt the guilt of not having watched <laughs> something but also the um, the uh, and the lovely anticipation of still getting to watch it and um, experience it for the first time which is probably an experience uh, that some people including you might you know think like oh I wish I could do that again but and now I get to I guess that is like even though it's sad that it's ended now I can just now I know that, and now I can like watch it in one fell swoop.
1: But I will say, take your time with it. Like even if yeah, you yeah. can, I'm not gonna
0: binge it. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those shows that needs to sit and really
1: need yeah. to enjoy it that way. That's how I did it as well. Um, even though sometimes I'd I'd leave. Like a, it wasn't a show that I was like only gonna watch when the on the minute it came out. So I did let them pile up some episodes, but. I made sure to take time with it because it's such a special show. Just like the feeling of it is just so, so heartfelt (laughs) in a, in a very unique way. So I was visiting um, Texas over the past six months or whatever. I don't even remember what month anymore. And um, (laughs) I was sitting on the bus with someone and we ended up talking and of course, they mentioned reservation dogs that they were watching it, and that immediately put us both in the same like like we were in- instantly mm-hmm. transported to being like best friends for the rest of the bus ride because mm-hmm. all we were talking about is everything we love about the show, the kids, the community, like all these things that really like it's something that. It's In the best thing that TV does, it transports you to a world that you have never seen before and you want to stay in. And every time you come back to that world, you feel like you have never left and you feel like you belong. And not not only are you an observer of something happening, but you're a part of it. And Reservation Dogs does that in such a beautiful way by constructing a f- like a familial belonging for this family or for these kids, for their families and for you by extension to be not only exposed to what's going on, but to be like, feel like integrated into it. It's, it's just incredible. Like it's funny. It's, it's heartfelt. It, it, you know, does everything you want in a show and more. Oh,
0: beautiful. Um. <laughs> now, now I have so many, uh, shows on my watch list is like where do we even start? But that's also a great project, I guess. So, so of the first uh, nine that I've talked about, you haven't watched
1: any of them, is that right? <laughs> that is right. But I'm pretty sure I've watched your number one. You have definitely watched my number one, and I, <laughs> unless you've been lying to me for a long time, it is no. the only number. It is the only ten ranked from this year. It is uh-huh. in my mind the best show of the year. And it is, Chris? The Bear Season 2. Damn straight. It is. The Bear Season 2, I mean, words cannot describe how good this show is. <laughs> like, it is, But you're going to try anyway. I'm going to try, but it's so good. It's like, <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. Like, it has, although I still think that the third episode of Last of, The Last of Us is the best a singular episode of the season, of the year, I mean, The Bear has like, the the next four in a row, the Copenhagen episode, like (laughs) the fishes, Forks is my favorite episode of season two by far. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, there's so many good things in this show. It is, is like... It's heartfelt. It's beautiful from beginning to end. The one big fault I had, there's two big faults I had in, in the first season was that the ending I absolutely hated. And it was a little bit like too intense, like at some points. Um, mm-hmm. The Bear season two has that same intensity, but tones it back, a, I think, a smidge. And I think that smidge makes a huge difference because it takes its mm-hmm. time with characters as opposed to the first season. Um, I mean, every single main character gets, not every single, but a lot of them get their own episode. And um, obviously you have the family aspects, the dynamics, like the, it's obviously just as good in terms of quality writing, like direction, all of that is still incredible. Um, Yeah, there's, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Claire in this season of television in terms of like Mm -hmm. love interest and that side, that side um, story. But, you know, not everything's perfect, and this is like as perfect as I like can get for a television show, and it's, yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's on the ranks of the end or of last year for me, and, and the bear of this year takes it without, without uh, a question
0: yeah i mean it's such an incredible show after the first season we were asking ourselves like i hope the second season how can they how can they even match the the level of just awesome things like just the craft the style everything uh of this of the first season but the second season is even better and As you said, they they dialed down the intensity a little bit, but to make up for it, crammed most of it into one episode, which is just like anxiety inducing. But um, yeah, it is incredible. We did a whole episode about it and yeah, it is such, such a good show. It's incredible. And I'm glad I watched the best season of television of last year. It's literally probably the only one. I don't, I don't know how many seasons of television I even watched, but I'm glad that it one of the few was this one. And I, there's still not a week that goes by without me thinking about that show. And I'm so glad that this exists, that we got to talk about it, that we got to share that experience. And it's just chef's kiss. Huh. I think that the beautiful thing about
1: um, television is that it's a communal thing and you get to talk about other people mm-hmm. that you, you know, and that's incredible. Like, and talking about TV makes TV special to me at least. And I'm glad we did have that time to talk about like well, what I, what ended up being my favorite um, episode or season of season of television this year. And it's like, I've rewatched almost the entire season. This, cause like, I it was funny. I don't rewatch it in order. I just be like, Ooh, yeah. I'm craving, uh, you know, fishes or I'm craving Copenhagen or I'm craving this, 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 or the finale or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's just, cause there's so many great moments in each episode that makes you feel like you want something different and it gives you something different every time. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just the epitome of the medium and the epitome of like everything that's great in the world. and, that's yes that's it that's that's freaking it chris it's amazing
0: <laughs> it really is and uh, i agree with the communal aspect it's definitely something that i enjoy and we said we're doing things differently a little bit over at Searly hooked but those things i think will stay with us they use like yearly recaps of things we've enjoyed Uh, And I really enjoyed last year also (laughs) being included in the conversation uh, by virtue of me actually watching shows, which, you know, was very foreign to me. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, uh, I really enjoyed getting to talk to you about all of the shows this year for a variety of different reasons. I just didn't have the... um, Yeah, my my, my mind was elsewhere, my attention was elsewhere, but I hope that for next year I get to be more of an active participant in this because, you know, I love doing this and I love to talk to you about this and it's great to hear you talk about it and the effort you put in with your system and everything and just, I think everybody can hear how committed you are, how much you love the medium and... Uh, yeah, it's great to hear you talk about those things, and um, yeah, thanks for sharing it, and sh- thanks for you know going th- to these lengths to uh, you know share it with our listeners, share it with me. I feel very glad to have been a part of this. And don't forget, Chris, we have the hookies coming up, and for that, you have to participate. <laughs> and I will. I have already started. Yeah. Also, I fell off the wagon with. Um, with watching movies which is like the first time in um, like a decade that that has happened to me um but i recently got back into it and i'm already i already started making my list for the hookies we're gonna announce our nominees at some point in the future and then there will be an episode about where we we're gonna actually talk about who's winning the the very prestigious awards the hookies in various categories and this is already something i'm looking forward to so so much can't
1: wait i'll talk to you next time chris
0: bye